Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Be Woke Vote. I'm Roland Martin, host of Roland Martin Unfiltered. Our whole focus is to engage folks all across this country to get them to understand the power, the impact of voting, 
and what it means to you and your family. We, we had some amazing conversations with folks from all walks of life. And joining me right now is someone who gives a totally different perspective uh, as a Hollywood insider, uh, as a pastor, as somebody who sees the world in a whole different way. Give it up, folks, for Devon Franklin. What's up? Glad you're here, baby. Good to see you. <laughs> the, um, it's interesting when we talk about Hollywood, faith, and politics. Yeah. Because we've always, we, we've always had uh, faith involved with politics. But when you think even about our struggle, mm -hmm. when you think about Black Freedom Movement, when you think about the role that Harry Belafonte played and Sidney Poitier and Diane Carroll uh, and James Brown and Dick Gregory, We've always had black folks who were in Hollywood who understood that they were not just on the big or the small screen. That's right. They were also Ruby D, Ossie Davis, I can go mm -hmm. on and on and on. Uh, Paul Robeson, they understood we got to use this thing we got. That's right. To make change. Absolutely. It's, and, and the thing about it is, especially now, you know, when the stakes couldn't be higher for where we are as a country, where we are as a culture, when you have the platform in entertainment, I do believe it's important to use it because the same people that will buy the movie ticket or stream the album or go and support the book, they're the same people. Those same, they're voting for what they want to see in entertainment. And now to me, it's about using the platform to say, hey, it's not just about an entertainment vote. It's about a vote that actually is going to affect the very trajectory of your life. I remember reading a piece where Dr. King um, said to Sidney Poitier, to Diane Care. No, no, we need y'all doing what y'all do. Mm -hmm. We need, you, you are helping the race by what you're doing on mm -hmm. that screen. Mm -hmm. And there were people who were critical of them because they felt they should have been as involved mm -hmm. as Harry Belafonte or Dick Gregory. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, like, so even today, the reality is everybody is not going to be mm -hmm. as active and involved as Kerry Washington or Jeffrey Wright Mm -hmm. They're going to be those people who are going to be raising money. Mm -hmm. They're going to be those people uh, who are going to be uh, publicly raising money, others who are going to be privately raising yep. money. Yep, yep. But the thing for me is you got to do something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no matter what it is. And I think that's also one of the challenges is that too often we will look at others and make a judgment on what they should, shouldn't do. I think we all have to operate based on our convictions, right? And that conviction, especially when it comes to being politically active, is gonna take a different shape in each individual relative to who they are, their platform, their background, so on and so forth. But I agree with you that we all, especially in this moment that we're living in, should feel compelled, no matter what our sphere of influence is, is to do something to help make this thing different. Look, look, look what just happened with Taylor Swift. Exactly. So, so, so here, is, <laughs> right. here is a young white woman yep, from yep, Tennessee yep. who has, uh, look, I'm not going anywhere near politics. Uh, everybody, we all good. We love everybody. But all of a sudden, she's like, hold up. The stakes are too high. So she goes, and then, and what got me was, and I, I will give her credit, she didn't just say, oh, hey, I just need y'all to vote. She said, no. She did her homework. She said, I'm looking at this man. Yep. The former governor of Tennessee, I'm looking at Blackburn, who's yep. member of the House, and she's like, I'm sorry, just because she's a woman, doesn't make she her, says she's yep. against the things that I stand for, and I vote for this man, and there's show 100,000 new voters, new voters, just from that, in like a 48-hour period. But, but here's the thing, how much effort 
did it really take her to do that? Not much. It was an Instagram post. Instagram post. So the idea that it that it's really hard, it's really not. You, you do the post, boom, boom. Your influence will speak for itself. So I think what she has done, if you look at what Rihanna recently just did this week, you know, and posting on her social channels about, hey, you gotta get out and vote. I love what we're seeing because it just takes one person like that to say, hey, before I wasn't gonna get involved, now I realize I have to get involved and it becomes a snowball effect. See, because the thing for me is, as I, as I look at, you know, I look at, these massive followings. I mean, you look at you look at these numbers, and, and and the thing is, it's like you can forget. Well, can you move the needle? No, no, they 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 can't move the needle. That needle can thump. You know, moving <laughs> yeah. the needle if it just kind of you know, it's like that. Okay, move the needle. No, it's like if it was a VU meter, they yeah. they, they could go boom, boom, yeah. And yeah. so my deal is, if if you're sitting here spending so much time tweeting and posting about alcohol or about mm -hmm. a pair of shoes or whatever, mm -hmm. you literally are sitting there and you can you know, impact change, but you just gotta have the courage to actually have some guts and do it. That's right, and I think sometimes where the fear comes in is you know, what's it gonna do to my audience? What's it gonna do to me? Is it gonna take opportunities away? But I think we're living in a time where speaking your truth and not being afraid about that, I think it actually brings more opportunities. And when you look at the stakes, especially from a policy standpoint, and who we put in office affects policy, and policy drives the direction of our culture. I think those of us that are a part of the culture, especially from an entertainment standpoint, mm -hmm. we got we got to get involved. We just have to. And again, I'm not going to judge somebody for how they choose to do it, as long as they do it. And, and when I think when we think about um, again uh, music, we know we just lost Aretha Franklin, yeah. and uh, folks t telling the story of when Angela Davis went to prison, and they, they were threatening to send her to prison, and she said. Oh, black people made me my money, and I'm gonna spend the two hundred fifty thousand dollars to make sure she don't to bail her out. And so, and it was sort of like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And they were, like, and, and her deal was, it wasn't where she said, you know, I I know all the different factors, I know all different things. But her her deal was, yeah. my people made me this money, right. I got it, <laughs> and I'm right. gonna use it. <laughs> right. And here's how I'm gonna use it. Right. You know, and what was amazing is that what that did is it elevated her profile. It elevated who she was. So this idea of giving back and service and, and, and being politically active and social justice, sometimes we think, oh, you know, I don't wanna get involved. No, the more we get involved, the more people realize we care. When I look at right now where we stand, you talk about these issues and, and, and where we are in the level of the divisiveness. Um, I do believe you have a significant number of people, especially you look at the numbers of young people. I remember the last election, 2016, uh, the Joint Center for Political and Economic Studies, uh, they released their survey where it said, who is excited or folk make, who said, I'm, we're absolutely gonna vote. 60, they, they polled black folks, 65 plus off the chart. They had the highest number. Literally, it went from, if they, 65 plus is where they started. And as you went from 65 plus to the next group, which was like uh, 48 to 65, and then you went from 30 to you know 47 or whatever, that bad boy was dropping. And the lowest number was 18 to 29. And 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 I never forget what Jesse Jackson Jr. said once he was he was in Congress, and these young folks came to him and they were like, "Man, if you don't do this, 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 we gonna vote your ass out of office." He said, 
This is exactly what he said. He said, he told them, he said, quote, he said, I don't give a fuck what none of y'all think. He said, let me explain something to y'all. He said, you see that building right there? <laughs> he said, see that high rise? That's senior living. He said, that's who gonna put me in. He said, I don't give a damn what y'all are saying. Hmm. They gonna vote. Hmm. He said, I'm gonna go in that building. He said, and I'm gonna get every vote in that building. <laughs> he said, now if you wanna get my attention, I want you to go get the number of people who are your age to equal them. And, so, and he wasn't just like, I'm, I'm, I'm dissing y'all because nah, you're young, he, young. Yeah, he's saying His he deal is, it was like it was. they will mm -hmm. vote. Mm -hmm. They gonna turn out, right. and the numbers prove it. Mm -hmm. Rollerbark Unfiltered video is just one moment. You wanna support Rollerbark Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roland Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Now back to your Roland Martin Unfiltered video. And it kills me when I say, I'm sorry, if you're sitting on, you are not, millennials are the largest group in America. They're now larger than baby boomers. And if, if you don't use your power, they will run you over. Completely. And I think that's why what we're seeing so much, especially when you look at, you know, who's controlling the country and how the country is being controlled, it is because, you know, the powers that be and those that know how the system works are taking advantage of the system for their own interests. So part of it when it comes to this millennial generation is education. You gotta understand why it's so important, understand what's really at stake. So the things that you're seeing, that they may be seeing right now that make you angry, here's how you can affect change. And what I love is that what you're seeing, what's coming out of Parkland, you know, is these, this, these younger group, you know, of millennials becoming much more politically savvy, much more politically active, active, uh, activated and organized. Right. Organization is key. It's like, you know, an ant by itself can't do anything, but ants working together, you know, can do things well beyond their own capacity. And I think the same thing goes for this younger generation to become united and activized on what's happening. And what I love what you're seeing right now is that when you look at a Taylor Swift, right, or you look at a Rihanna, or you look at those like a Kerry Washington, this generation, which gets so much inspiration from entertainment, mm -hmm. you know, this generation is influenced. I mean, it, every generation has their influence. Yep. But I would argue, by and large, when you talk about Harry Belafonte, or you talk about, you know, how it was, you know, in the 60s, 70s, and even 80s, there was, you know, you had the entertainers, you, you had the church, you had the activists. In our day and time, you know, the church is somewhat oh, it's, losing oh, it's, it's, its influence. Entertainment influence is growing. The activists are losing their influence. So where do most, you know, this younger generation go? They go to entertainment. You know, and so the influencers entertainment can actually move the needle. And when you see people be, become active, I love how this younger group of people are saying, wait a minute. We don't like what just happened with Kavanaugh. We're going to do something about it. We don't like the fact that there's no gun control. We're going to do something about it. And I do think that as tragic as these events are, they are becoming more galvanizing to get this younger group of voters, which is so influential, to get out and do what we know they can do, which is to help move the needle in a, in a massive way. You, you mentioned the, the, I don't like to use the word, the waning influence of the church. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And, and because, because first of all, the influence of the church is still significant. I, I believe, and look, my wife has been ordained for 25, 26 years. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different 
preachers who I know. I believe that the problem in terms of the church as it relates to politics and social issues is that they, the church for the, this is the first, Pastor Jamal Bryan has said this, this is the first time we've had a movement in black America where the church had to follow somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of our movements mm-hmm. was church led. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, the black church is still like, okay, I, I, I'm not kind of like sure what my place is mm-hmm. because they're not used to following. Mm-hmm. They're used to leading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's sort of right now is out of sort mm-hmm. because black church has never been in that position before. Mm-hmm. That's a good observation. Yeah, I, I can see that. But I also think that when you look at the how the culture has been moving, right? When you go back, you know, and you look at, okay, there was Jesse Jackson, there was Al Sharpton, you know, there were um, uh, not only just Martin Luther King, you know, but Reverend Alvin Abernathy. There were so many major voices coming out of the church mm-hmm. that it, it wasn't about growing the church. Right. You know what I mean? It was it about was, the people. It was about the people. It was, it was about our church is the people. Right. Our church is the community. So I can't tell you how many people, uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King had at his church. I have no idea. Right. right? We don't, I mean, okay. If that is actually, first of all, uh, Ebenezer was an extremely small church. It was, I mean, it's, I mean it's, I, it's, I've been to Montgomery. Yeah. And Dexter Avenue was an absolutely small church. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm standing in front of it, I'm like, wow, this ain't no big church. I mean, it was not a big church. At all, at all. but the mentality of ministry at that time wasn't like, it wasn't like, hey, I'm trying to build up my block. I'm trying to help the community and save the world. And I think that too often there's been this mentality shift at times of, hey, we're building a local church, which is fine. Listen, I love the church, right? I was been raised by the church. I'm a part of the church. I love it, you know, and, and it's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. in life. However, I do think some too often coming out of the civil rights movement, you know, and moving into the affirmative action moment, you know, what would happen is we began to look internal instead of external. So as a result, when we look at culture, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not a waning influence, but maybe that influence is being mitigated a bit because the voices within the community, maybe we have to say, you know what, listen, if I got five members or I got 5,000 members, at the end of the day, what are we doing for the, the people at large? Yeah, because I think when, when, you, um, when, you, when you talk about, so like, like even though Dr. King uh, was at Dexter Avenue, even though he later returned uh, to Ebenezer, mm-hmm. Um, he was actually seen not as the pastor of this church, but the pastor of black America. So when you, when you begin to look That's at right. in terms of pastor those of roles, movement. when you look at in terms of how Reverend Jackson continued what Dr. King uh, started with Operation Breadbasket, turning mm-hmm. that thing uh, into the Rainbow Coalition mm-hmm. um, and the things that he was doing, he, he said, no, 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 I'm going to be operating on a national and international stage. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's stunning to me when I see these things take place and I look at individuals who have national mm-hmm. religious profiles mm-hmm. who say nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, okay, so mm-hmm. to your point, is it just about your church or mm-hmm the two or three churches or the four churches under your wing. Mm-hmm. It's like, do, do you not see yourself as even bigger than that? Do mm-hmm. you not see yourself as, mm-hmm. as, as, as beyond that? And, and I think that also uh, is, is where this thing plays as well, 
Uh, and it's troubling because these are individuals who, just like the entertainers, mm -hmm. have tremendous influence. Yes, yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. Won't use it. Without a doubt. Won't, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to sit Republicans, I don't want to mm -hmm. sit Democrats, I don't mm -hmm. want, I don't want to be in this game. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm sitting here going, yeah, you're here to save souls, but those same souls need to be owning homes. Those same souls mm -hmm. are concerned about not being able to get a job. Mm -hmm. Those same souls are concerned about whether my mm -hmm. kids get an education. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and, and so that, that's just, it, it, I, I think that's where I, I also struggle because it's like, dog, are you going to say something? <laughs> right, 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 right. I know, I know, I know. But, I, but the thing that I see happening, you know, because there are, you know, when you look at the Kavanaugh situation and so many other things playing themselves out in front of the entire world stage, at a certain point, if you stay silent, then that silence will be viewed as, as being complicit. Yep. In, in this day and age, given what's going on. It's like, sorry, you know, none of us like to be on either side, right? Because wait, we're all humans, no matter what we may believe, right? We're all God's children, no mm. matter what side of it we may be on. However, there is a war at stake for our culture, yeah. for our community, for the vibrancy and the health of our families. And we do have to roll up our sleeves now and participate and fight, because if we don't, lives will be lost as a result. So I'm gonna ask you about Paula White. <laughs> okay, all so, right, here we go. We're gonna get woke. <laughs> so there were some things that she said on Jim Baker's show and I blasted her. And that comment I did on Tom Jordan, I did it on my television mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. Millions of views. Mm -hmm. And so oh, she sends me this email. Take it out of context, you know, oh my God, you know, I'm out of the country. And I, was, I said, Paula, when you get back, we need to sit down and have a conversation. You need to sit down and explain this. The position that I took is that would nobody know Paula White if it wasn't for black people? That is true. You, you, made, you, you, you made your name by being on BET, by preaching at Woman Thou Art Loose, uh, you just took over uh, uh, Zachary, Zachary Tim's church. church. You took over, which, which, as a black church, mm -hmm. okay, you can call it multicultural all you want to, black church, I mean, all that sort of stuff along those lines. And here you are leading Trump's faith-based uh, um, uh, group. And my position is, fine, it, it, I don't care who, you can support whoever you want to, but you also need to be accountable to the very people Mm -hmm. who made you you. Back to our Mark Unfiltered video in just one moment. Hey fam, I want you to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin, and don't forget to turn on your notifications. Now back to your Roland Martin Unfiltered video. Hmm. I'm gonna, matter of fact, when we get done, I'm gonna send another email. Hmm. I'm gonna send another text message because my deal is you need to explain to me and to the other audience how you call yourself an evangelical leader mm -hmm. and you're silent when he's out here acting a fool, trashing people in rallies and on social media, but you're standing next to him. Is a conservative Supreme Court justice worth all of that? Mm -hmm. what, what do you make as mm -hmm. someone who preaches the gospel and you see silence mm -hmm. of white conservative evangelicals mm 
-hmm. in what's happening in this society. Mm -hmm. <coughs> you know, I think part of what it is is that my observation is that sometimes, you know, especially in the community, that there is this idea that if I'm vocal, right, or if I say something about an issue, instead of saying, hey, we're all part of the body of Christ. The Bible says, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all part of the body, right? But what happens is, unfortunately, in the church, there is that segregated as, as the, the, the culture and the community in the world, in the country used to be. So still in the church, there are, there are dividing lines between, mm -hmm. you know, this race is over here or this race is over there. And, and there certainly is intermingling. But at the end of the day, sometimes what I've observed is that those on this side of it, you know, sometimes on the white evangelical side, sometimes say, one, I don't want to get involved because of the cost that may come with that. Or two, you know, I'll pray for them, right? And I'm like, okay, there's nothing wrong with praying, but if, if we're a part of the body and right. one part of the body is sick, we don't say, I'm gonna pray for my arm. No, we're gonna, go get our, we're gonna say, no, I gotta go to the doctor, right? Because if the arm is sick and I lose my arm, I'm not gonna right. be able to function. So sometimes I think that the power in this country is sometimes put over the power of God. So that sometimes having power in the country is, is what's number one, and then you know the power of God is number two. Because truly, I think if we all were seeking God's power, at the end of the day, if we saw our brother or sister hurting, if we saw our communities you know, uh, being mm -hmm. disparaged, as Christians, no matter what our race is or, 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 or part of the religious sphere we would be on, that would be our heart. Our heart says, you know, Jesus says, if you did this to the least of me, these, you've done this to me. So sometimes I see, you know, the dividing line between those of color in, in the Christian space and those, you know, of not of color in the Christian space, and there being a little bit of apathy, a little bit of fear. And also I think there is, and this may sound ridiculous, but I think part of it is just a lack of communication and understanding. Even though we're in 2018 as people of color, there are a lot of people not of color who do not still understand the people of color experience in this country. Right. And so part of what it is is education. You know, what I would love to see is to bring together, you know, those from the white evangelical community, you know, those from the African-American, you know, evangelical community, the Latino, and, and have a summit. Let's talk. They about won't do this. it. Let's come together. No, no, they won't do it. They won't do it. First of all, Bishop Harry Jackson um, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, sort of did this. They had one at Bishop Jake's church and they had, they had a couple of more meetings in Virginia. So he's been trying to do that. But Reverend William, uh, Dr. Reverend Dr. William J. Barber, mm -hmm. he, along with Jim Wallace and others, they've issued a challenge mm -hmm. to Jerry Falwell Jr., to Robert Jeffers, to Ralph Reed, to Tony Perkins, uh, to Paula White and others. They won't accept the invitation. Now, see, again, that's where, for me, mm -hmm. I've got to question and or challenge mm -hmm. your faith. Mm -hmm. Because if, if, if your position, if you're Jerry Falwell Jr. and you're leading Liberty University and you're always talking about Jesus and God, this and the other, why are you scared to sit across from the table from somebody with a different view? Mm -hmm. I don't know. How, how, show mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. how that's leadership mm -hmm. when <coughs> Dr. Barber and others, they've got a rally in Lynchburg. Mm -hmm. And you have the Lynchburg, you have the Liberty University Police Department send a statement, if y'all step foot on this campus, you will get arrested. Mm. But you're a Christian leader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a problem for me. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it really behooves to me when I see those type of things, it just makes me more galvanized mm-hmm. you know, as a man of faith to put a different um, perception and reality of what it means to be a faith in the culture and the community. Because that really is not what it means to be Christian at all. You know, what it means to be Christian is, hey, I may not agree with you. You may not agree with me. But as brothers we can, and sisters, we can come together. We can have conversation. We can have a, a public and private discourse. Yeah. You know, but to, to fear that or to work against that, to me, I just don't, I don't, I don't know how someone uh, could take that stance. I don't know. So my thing is like, yo, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to do it. And work every single day to put a different understanding of what it means to be of faith in the world today. When a group of black pastors met with Donald Trump at the White House, mm-hmm. um, it was supposedly about criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. But in Trump's opening statements, he, he, he mentioned about 10, 12 different issues. And one pastor in the meeting talked about how you know, Trump has done more for black people than Obama mm-hmm. ever did. And, and I listened to all those different pastors as they went around that particular table. And what I, I wrote a column afterwards where I said. What did you say? And I said, when you go to the White House, are you enamored with getting an invitation mm-hmm. or do you bring your prophetic with you? Mm-hmm. The prophetic has to always supersede the partisan. Mm-hmm. I said, you can go through the Bible and when individuals messed up, the prophets let them know you messed up. Mm -hmm. The prophets were not afraid Mm -hmm. of the king. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were not afraid of David. They were not Mm -hmm. afraid uh, of of any of them. Mm -hmm. And and that's what offended me, that here you are, you are a a preacher, you are a pastor, you are are speaking and teaching the gospel, and you're sitting there with the president. Mm -hmm. And not one had the courage to say, Look, I appreciate the invitation. I appreciate coming here to talk about criminal justice reform. But, Mr. President, I, I need to share something with you. Mm-hmm. You need to act like the president. Mm-hmm. You need, see, I, 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 but not, oh, I'm just so glad to be mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You, you are just wonderful. You are just mm-hmm. what you've mm-hmm. done to the country. No, the prophetic would say, I appreciate being here, mm-hmm. but I got to speak some truth while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Now, some things that you need to hear from a pastor. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you want to reject it or ignore it, that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But somebody at that table got to say it. Mm-hmm. That was the issue that I took mm-hmm. with all those pastors. Mm-hmm. Not one had the guts to say, Mr. President, character matters. Mm-hmm. How you behave matters. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how you behave is wrong. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for there's a change in your behavior. Mm. Not one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the issue that I took. Wow. 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 You know and, then, and I think by not saying that, mm-hmm. it speaks to young people. And they were like, that's why I ain't going to church. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have the courage to say Mm-hmm. What should be said. Mm-hmm. Alright folks, back to that Rollerbark Unfiltered video in just one moment. Hey fam, once you got Rollerbark Unfiltered, the blackest show on all of digital cable and broadcast check out our audio podcast. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Rollerbark Unfiltered. Press play. Martin. Now back to your Roller Martin Unfiltered video. Mm-hmm. 
you, you know, when Jesus sent out the 12, he said, uh, be wise as a serpent, be harmless as a dove. And in moments like that, uh, and you know, you know, it's like when you're dealing with politics and you're dealing with different people who have different agendas, part of it is sometimes before you even get in the room or before you're going to meet with somebody, you got to do your prep. You got to say, okay, this person is working an agenda. They have a certain degree of power. They have constituents, whatever it may be. Right. Let, let, let me do my prep before I get in the room so that I'm prepared to handle it. Because when you're going to someone else's turf, they control the environment. Right. So that is one of the, that is one of the biggest turfs in the world. Oh, yeah. So part of it is like, OK, I'm being invited to whatever the situation may be. I'm being invited. OK, let me spend some time. Let me get my team together. Let me get my talking points together. Let me get let me get some strategy in place so that when I'm in the room, I've prepared myself to maneuver and to right. handle and to, to respond to certain situations. And I'm sitting there going. The cameras are rolling. Mm -hmm. There's 12, 15 people in here. If I'm number 13, 14, 15, I should, by the time they, they come to me, <laughs> I should have figured out something mm -hmm. to say mm -hmm. that, well, I done sat there and listened to what all the other fools had to say. Did nobody give any challenge mm -hmm. to him? And those cameras are there, and this is about to be mm -hmm. broadcast all over uh, the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I better send a signal to my members mm -hmm. that, I'm willing to say that what needs to be said sitting at the table. And that's why a lot of them got criticized when they came back. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't that you went to the meeting, it was that you didn't say nothing. Mm -hmm. Right, it's not about the table. It's like, hey, you know what? You had access, cool. You know, but I think also, again, it's about, it's like, man, and some friends of mine were there, and you know, look, I love them dearly. Hey, you know, and the situation happened, and you know, we move on. But, but the thing I thought was, was I thought would have been handled differently was this. And again, I wasn't invited, so I don't know if what I'm getting ready to say is fact. It's what I've heard. That there was uh, the invitation sent out, and like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Right. We're going to talk about this, but there won't be any questions. Right. To me, that's the first sign. Right there. Like, I ain't going. No, I, I don't mind going. I don't mind having a conversation, but. I can't ask nothing? I can't, if I can't ask anything, it's not a real dialogue. You know, right. it's just not real dialogue because a real dialogue requires questions and answers and responses because we're here seeking a, a response for how we can bring light to this particular issue. There so to go. me, that might have been the first red flag if, in fact, that is true. That no, that no, 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 no. First the, of all, it is true mm -hmm. because one of the there was a pastor who was invited mm -hmm. who called me for counsel, mm -hmm. and I said, "Hell no, I don't walk in that room," because again, if I can't look, I've been invited three times mm -hmm. with the television anchors to sit the luncheon with Donald Trump and it's off the record conversation and we get to ask questions. Mm -hmm. If you told me I was invited to an event at the White House and I didn't get to ask questions and all he gonna do is sit there and talk, I'm not going. Mm -hmm. No, right. I need to be able to sit here and what, what I'm gonna walk out and describe, his demeanor, what he looked like, how did he, how did he eat his salad? It's not a conversation. No. It's, it's a lecture. It's not a conversation. It's like, how you know, for a lecture, I can watch that on TV, but yep. if there's a real opportunity for dialogue, for questions, to get answers, to understand, to also provoke thought, to, to say, hey, how, what about this? Why is this? To me, that would be positive and potentially productive discourse. And I do think the positive thing that I think came out of that, going back to our you know, part of the conversation about the influence of the black church, is I think it, or the church in general, mm -hmm. it shows the church has a voice, mm -hmm. has a voice. 
but what are we doing with right. it? Right. How you using and, it? And how yeah. are we using it? You know, because some some of the ministers, again, some of my friends that were in the room, you know, I do believe their intention was sincere. They they weren't there, you know, just to just to be on the stage. Be there for the photo. Yes, 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 completely. Their intention was good, but I think that sometimes again, the forces that work against the positive things that we're trying to do. If we are not prepared That's and right. we are not unified, those forces can disrupt even the best intentions. And if you ain't ready for the big stage, don't go on the big stage. If if it's entertainment, if if, if you if you if you ain't got enough hits to sing on the Essence Maiden stage, <laughs> go, on to, go, on, go on to the Super Lounge. Get ready. That's right. Prepare that, yourself. That bitch is fine. <laughs> right. But that main stage is a whole different ball game. Yes. Yeah. That's a beast. Yes. And I think, and I think that, that also yeah. uh, what was one of the case there. Uh, what would you say to a young person who says, look, I, I'm trying to change our society. I'm trying to change this world. Man, I ain't got time for this church stuff. I just don't think y'all legit. Oh, man. I, I, I would say just because you see an artist in music that you don't like, do you stop listening to hip-hop? <laughs> no. It's, like, ridiculous. You see one artist do something that, that, does, that is, is what their choice was, has nothing to do with the whole industry or the whole art form of hip-hop. You don't throw out hip-hop. So the same way, if you see an artist that you don't like do that, I would ask you, don't do the same thing with the church. Because just because you see one minister, one man or woman do something that you don't agree with, don't use that as an excuse to right. demonize an institution that could actually help save your life. You know, I am who I am because I was raised in the church. You know, all the things that I'm able to do in the world are directly related to being brought up in a healthy church environment where I learned how to develop my gifts. I learned how to communicate. I learned how to deal with other people. I learned how to lead. All of those things that help me and other people become successful in society, you can learn in the church. So I would say to somebody that's young, I would, I would challenge them. Everything that's in you, if you're trying to, to get it out, get into a good church because that church will be a fantastic incubator for all the gifts that are in you. And when you find the right church, you will find that the others that you may have been looking at were the wrong people to look at in any profession. I don't care what it is. You're mm -hmm. always going to find people that you can point out that may not represent that profession to the best of their ability. But when you find those that do, then you begin to see what it really is about. So I would encourage that young person, you know, don't give up on God. Don't give up on your relationship with, with the Lord. Don't, don't say, oh, you know, Jesus is this, Jesus is that. No, try him for yourself and be persistent. Find the right environment that works for you. And I guarantee you that, that you would see that environment to be transformative. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Our last task, so you run up against that person or somebody else. It can be young, middle-aged, old, whatever. And they say... Uh, but I hear you, but bro, I, I, I ain't got time for this voting stuff. It's just not, uh, it just, I don't think it's worthwhile. And all you got is 37. You and Megan may be trying to get in the car. <laughs> Y'all might be trying to uh, get sell on an airplane. You may be trying, and all you got is 30 seconds. What do you tell them in 30 seconds why they need to vote? Go. I would say in 30 seconds, you need to vote because at the end of the day, when you look at the quality of your life, when you look at the things you want to see happen, not just for yourself, but for your children and your children's children, if they do not happen because you chose not to exercise your vote, do you have the courage to look in their eyes and say, 
I didn't have enough time. Sorry you don't have health care. Sorry you don't have a, a living wage. Sorry you don't have the money to go to school because I chose not to vote. And if the answer is you cannot look in their eyes, then I ask you the question, how can you not vote? That was 31, but it works. <laughs> Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. 
Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.